What's up? What's up? All right. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you. Thank you for downloading this episode of The Taz Show. I am he, that guy they call Taz. That's me. And welcome to this particular podcast. I want to thank you guys for downloading at uh, iTunes or Spotify or uh, TuneIn, Radio.com or TazShow.com. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's very kind of you and very nice of you And I get great support from you all And I am forever grateful, as you guys know So I uh, just keep pumping out content And do my thing And speak freely, agenda-free About uh, stuff in the wrestling industry uh, Views, opinions of uh, mostly WWE shows, as you know Um I got to do a better job of jumping into other shows. I was doing that in the past. I know that. Like Lucha Underground. I don't think they started their other season yet. Or like, you know, Ring of Honor. And I know MLW just got their new uh, TV deal with uh, BN, BN, whatever the network that is. I always say it wrong, but it's a good network. It's cool. Um, and um, I know Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle is a big part of their show, and I'm a big fan of Matt Riddle. As you guys know, he's been on the Taz show here in the past. But like I said, I got to do a better job of covering um, other wrestling companies at times. It's mostly WWE, as you guys know. The bulk of current shows that I discussed are WWE programming. And I, you know, for those of you that are newer to the Taz show um, as listeners, the reason why, and many of you guys that aren't newer to me, you know, know what I'm going to say. So. The reason why I don't I I cover mostly the bulk of WWE is because that's what the you know the bulk of my listening audience is. I, you know I think from all the years of being in WWE as a commentator and um uh, and wrestling there initially, uh, I think I could you know and and working behind the scenes there and traveling with the company, uh, meaning with the bosses at times and knowing Vince and working close with Vince for a long time. You know, I, I I I have a lot of passion to talk about positive and sometimes the negative stuff that maybe they do on TV. Um, but you know, I think I give a fair critique. I mean, um, I'm not, you know, I don't, I never have an agenda to come out and bash them. You know, but uh, sometimes I could come off negative, and because I'm very passionate about, you know, hoping they do things right. Um, which where I know for me personally, selfishly, when I was a wrestler, some things I felt that they did wrong, some things I could have done better because I pride myself on being accountable. And that's what this particular podcast, uh, the topic, to be frank, of this show will be here that you're, you're about to listen to is, you know, uh, when the push ends, you know, when the push stops, when it just when the push just disappears and um you know, but you're still there and you're still getting paid for the most part uh, when you're the flavor of the month and it happens and it still happens. Um, and, and that's what this particular podcast will be about. I'm going to give you, you know, a lot of personal experience with that and, and um, you know, just some thoughts on this that I think maybe uh, I think might be interesting for a lot of wrestling fans to listen to. Or if there's any younger wrestling wrestlers listening to my content, um, you can get that too. Uh, you, you can kind of gather what I'm, uh, grab what I'm saying, and, uh, and and hang on to it, and think about what I'm saying or whatever, and and what the views and thoughts I give you on it, because it's it's going to be it as like I always do. It's going to be very, uh, like I said, agenda free, uh, blunt, honest. Uh, thoughts, views, opinions. Um, first, let me take care of a little business here. Support for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. You know, they understand that the home plays a very big role in your life and your family. And that's why they created this this Rocket Mortgage, which gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing uh, your existing home loan. And they make it simple. They keep it simple, allowing you to understand, to completely understand. Uh, if you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, it doesn't matter. With Rocket Mortgage, you're going to get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence you need uh, when it comes down to making 
probably one of the more important business decisions of your life, and that's taking out a mortgage to buy a home. Uh, and it's very uh, convenient, and and their trusted partners allow you to share your financial information uh, with Rocket Mortgage. And the cool thing is, it's all done by a touch of a button. So, um, in addition to getting a real mortgage approval approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time. I'm telling you. That's really, guys, it makes things very easy. Uh, trust me as a homeowner. Um, I own a plethora of homes, plethora, plethora, tons. And I can tell you that Rocket Mortgage Right Quicken Loans uh, keeps it easy. Rocket Mortgage Right Quicken Loans apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. So to get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. That's a rocket mortgage for you, jobbers. Yeah, so <laughs> let me take a little swig of water here real quick. All right, so uh, here's the deal, right? When the push ends and the push stops and the lights go out, now, those are just drastic Drastic little sentences just for entertainment values as a content provider I'll give you. But the lights don't just go out. When the push stops, sometimes the fans, it seems like the lights just go out quick and the push just stops instantly. That's not really the case. What happens is it's kind of a slower, gradual thing that happens behind the scenes and there's little signs that you could tell. And that's the thing that I don't think really most people talk about that maybe have experienced this like yours truly, because I have experienced this. Uh, I've experienced both ends, um, namely in ECW. Well, I experienced the push starting and growing and continuing and getting huge push. That I've experienced, and I'm forever grateful for that, for the wrestlers around me that got me over, and obviously Paul Heyman gave me the opportunity. So, uh, And Joey Styles on commentary just get me over like gangbusters. Now, in WWE... Things were a little bit different, obviously. Um, But I have had, as a wrestler, um, obviously coming in with the big push and the big amp, um, and then it dying down. And maybe to a lot of you guys, as viewers, it felt like it just ended quick before it even got started. Um, Behind the scenes are a little different. And I've gotten to this down in the past, but I'll get into it a little deeper in this particular podcast. But I have experienced... Uh, coming back from an injury there And then getting that rebirth big, Bigger push I have experienced that So well, I shouldn't say bigger push uh, Another push It wasn't a bigger push It was another push And then that kind of fizzled away too um, After I tore my bicep And I came back And I think I That's when I, around the time I hit um, Rikishi I, ran, I hit him with a camera And uh, he was in a cage match at a pay-per-view. I can't remember. Then I, I also wrestled out Snow in Dallas at a pay-per-view for WWE. And, and that during that, that comeback push, that's when I came back wearing, like changing the stuff I was wearing. Like I was wearing uh, like a cutoff, like, uh, you know, a short sleeve, like a Dickies shirt and like longer pants. Like, a, you know, so I kind of changed. That was, again, that was me changing my look. I wanted a kind of a, a makeover. Because obviously my ECW feel and look, you know, Vince McMahon, I guess, maybe didn't like it because he wasn't pushing me. So I tried something different. And, and that's, see, that's the thing I want to say. Like, um, when you, when you um, start to get de-pushed, most of the times, like the initial thing that makes you get de-pushed, <laughs> I don't know if that's a proper grammar sentence, but most of the times the thing that, that has you get de-pushed you don't know what it is. You don't know what you did wrong. And sometimes you don't have to do something wrong. It could just be something that tweaks or, 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 or like, and just talking about WWE here, that just maybe pisses Vince off or just something that he didn't like. Maybe he doesn't get angry. Maybe just like, eh, you know what? I don't, I don't see this happening. You know, Vince, um, obviously an ultra successful man, uh, a, a genius businessman and an amazing wrestling promoter for, for decades upon decades, like his family is his dad and stuff like that. And all the success he's had Vince senior, you know, so Vince McMahon, all his, all current Vince, Vince jr, his success all these years, you know, a lot of what he's done well 
it's because of his gut and his instincts. And he's not always right on that. And any excellent promoter will tell you that. Paul Heyman will tell you the same thing. A lot of stuff that a guy like Paul does or a guy like Vince has done or, or, or God rest his soul when Dusty Rhodes was a booker. I mean, you know, these guys or Jerry Lawler booked Memphis, all the success he had there, or maybe the Ganyas for Ganya in, uh, you know, in 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 uh, the Minnesota Minneapolis area. You know, uh, uh, any great promoter, the Hart, uh, uh, Stu Hart up in Calgary, any of these guys that had success, Bill Watts down down, down south, any of these guys, a lot of their booking goes by gut and instincts on a said talent. It's not just, ah, you know what, uh, the people around me I trust say he's going to get get over. Ah, you know what, the people in the crowd are really popping for this guy. Or he's selling merchandise. All of that stuff is very, very important. I can tell you because I've done it. You know, my merch, when I when I came in the WWE and debuted at the Garden, went through the roof. I think my T-shirt, I've talked about this, and people know it. It's well documented publicly. Was the second selling, highest selling shirt during that time Behind a guy named The Rock So, and he was getting pushed to the moon And I wasn't Uh, So, there was a level of expectation of my push And the people were digging me Which I'm so humble and grateful to all you guys But Vince McMahon and his people around him Obviously Didn't, something didn't click for them with me Or Vince just His gut was like, eh, I don't know now, Vince McMahon and all the years I worked with him after this never told me that. We never discussed it. It was kind of an awkward thing for me to even bring up to him because I was segueing and I was uh, into this announcing role and, and I was so grateful for it. And I was trying to learn how to do that and I kind of moved on. I didn't let that negativity sit in my brain like, oh, I never got a world title push. Oh, I never got pushed to the moon as a champ. Oh, what happened? You said I was going to get pushed and you didn't. I didn't live in that space. I had to move on because I had to... Um, You know, I I had a second chance at another career, which I wasn't crazy about doing at the time, the announcing, but I knew that I had bills and I had to make money and and I was going to stay in the company. So I jumped on it. Um, But anyway, what happened with me and then, you know, I'll get into other stuff that that just has nothing to do with me, too, um, as far as getting where the push just stops. With me, it was a deal where I, I, I never was really told this, and you guys know this. You guys that listen to me all the time heard this, but f- just you and me for a second, because I want to smarten up some of the folks that are maybe brand new to the Taz show. Um, when I debuted against Kurt, and I went to do a German suplex on, on him at the Royal Rumble 2000 in the Garden. You could find it online or the WWE Network or whatever. There was a spot where I went to German suplex him, and it was uh, a release German suplex, and our timing was off. I knew our timing was off. It's my job to control my opponent's body and protect my opponent. So even though I knew Kurt was tough as hell, an Olympic gold medalist and all this jazz, I, it didn't matter who he was. I, I, I needed to protect his body. The timing was off on that German. I could not release him in the air. I put him back down. I double pumped and then did the throw correctly, and, and, it, and the place exploded. It was a great throw. Kurt's head, though, uh, look, it never hit. Like it, it looked, it looked dangerous. But that's what I used to do. I made it. I made my throws look dangerous. That kind of, you know, I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but I know how to do that. Okay, <laughs> so I do know the trick behind that, and I made a living off of that. So, and I had a bunch of men that I wrestled that trusted me with that. So, um, you know, and Kurt was one of them. So, I do think that little hiccup. A little. It wasn't a botch. It was just a, a timing was off, and and I did a little reset. And I do think that was the beginning of the end of my in-ring wrestling push with WWE. That now, again, uh, I appreciate you guys that listen all the time. I've heard me tell this story a couple of times. I'm sorry to be redundant, but again, I, I never know. I got to placate a little bit to new people that download the podcast here. So I have to, I do have to hook them up too. So they're like, what is he talking about? So it's a little tough job when you do on-demand audio because <laughs> you don't know. Who's your newer viewers? Who oh, I'm sorry. Who your newer listeners are? Who's not? You know, you don't. You don't. There's no. It's tough to do that. You'll see downloads, but you don't know. You know I mean, it's a little, little figazi system, so you don't know. So, I have to assume I get if if there's even one new person listening that's never heard this show before. I want them to be informed. Okay, now I'll back up. So, that's what I feel hurt my in ring push was that spot, and you guys know the story. The next day, then then then. 
guys like Pat Patterson and, and Jared Briscoe sat down with me in Philadelphia when we showed up for Raw after the Raw Rumble and said, oh, we got to be careful here. I think they were, they were cool. They weren't negative, but I knew there was something going on. I knew I pissed somebody off, you know, and I think it was Vince and whoever was in his ear at that time. So, um, that, and I knew there's a little something going on there when that happened. And that, <laughs> and it sucks, man. I left now, but that was day two of, of being on the payroll. Day two, you know, so <laughs> um, I, I knew going into day two, something's not right. And, uh, you know, they let me wrestle my style on day one. And then it just started to change where I had to kind of, you know, tweak some things in the ring and um, to placate to the people that were paying me. So um, not the audience, <laughs> the owner of the company. So I knew something wasn't right there. And then next thing you know, I found myself in, you know, handicap matches against the big boss man and, and Prince Albert. You know, so I knew I went from a guy that could have been what I was told would be pushed in a main event role, just like an ECW, if not more, uh, that it would get to that kind of on the rapid end, and it never happened. I wasn't promised it, but those discussions happened a lot before I signed my contract. So I was, I did, and the money they were paying me, I, I'm forever grateful. They were paying me very, a very handsome, and I'm not bragging, but they were paying me a lot of money. So I figured, hey, geez, I'm an investment. You know, they're, they're definitely going to push the hell out of me. And what I've proved in ECW with a small machine, what I could do, where the company's behind me that doesn't have the same resources and TV penetration and money and all this stuff, well, geez, WWE can put me through the roof. No, that didn't happen. So, and, and it's, it's a very, so now when that push stops, you know, and you, you could feel it, because just like Vince McMahon has instincts on who he may think is going to get over or not get over, I have instincts when a promoter is about to kind of say, eh, let's pump the brakes on this guy. I have instincts on wrestlers around me, how to act. And I have instincts um, on the vibe I'm getting from even the guy who it works security for the company or, t or selling merchandise for the company, people who work backstage in production. And that's kind of what I want to d jump into here. This is stuff that you, the audience, don't see. You, when you are, how do I word this? When you start to get a little bit of a deep push, I, and again, I have to say this. I'm not saying this happens to every single guy or girl who gets deep pushed. But there are signs that once you start to get that deep push, the initial thing that happens is some of those folks backstage, they kind of act a little bit different towards you. <laughs> now, let me explain that. The people that you people don't even know, I don't care if it's makeup people. Well, I should say makeup people. They're usually pretty chill. Um, the people who work in production, the people, because they're in production meetings and they they hear things. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, a stage manager who's a low-end production can hear something. Like, it's not like they go into production and say, okay, look, um, no, we're going to stop pushing uh, Taz. Uh, we're going to stop pushing uh, um, uh, Mordecai. I remember him, Kevin Thorne, who, who there's a guy who came in uh, with a ton of fanfare and vignettes up to Wazoo, amazing look, could work, and it just kind of fizzled out. What he did wrong, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm just giving an example So it's not like they go into production meeting And they're like, hey, let's stop pushing Mordecai Or hey guys, listen, uh, all you production folks We are not going to push Mordecai anymore We're letting you know that That's not how it goes There are all little things that are said That the more experienced production people hear And they know, alright And they can see how what the writers are doing Or not doing with this person No matter if it's Mordecai, Taz, or whoever um, They could tell Okay, this is not the same rise that we had with this guy. Now, the production people or people behind the, the scenes that do the merchandise or the office people, the PR people, they're always professional. They're always very nice, but they kind of start to get less talkative with you. Like backstage, they won't hang around. If you're going to grab coffee, you see one of them. They, they'll hang out and make small talk with you when you're getting a push. They just, they just talk to you. And, and they just try to pick your brain and be around you. They know the company loves you, so they want the good rub. <laughs> but when you start getting deep pushed, eh, those conversations by the coffee pot are like, hey, Taz, hey, what's up there, Jocko? All right, see ya. Boom, gone. Jocko's gone. Jocko. 
you know, you know, whatever, three, four weeks ago, Jocko was my best friend by the coffee pot. You know, so so I'm just saying these things happen, and and you start to see it, and it's and I never got mad at any of those people, and I saw it happen as an announcer, and I would hear a lot of things, you know, and I really, uh, I I had to keep my integrity, and I had to keep it was a confidentiality. Sometimes I heard things as an announcer that I couldn't repeat to wrestlers that I was friends with and I respected and I loved. I couldn't. You know, I, I never heard nothing as dressed like, okay, listen, we're going to fire this guy. And that's something different. Then I got to say something. But it's not, that's not how it goes in the meetings. You, you know, they don't share that because they know. Vince and his team know there's a good chance in a production meeting or an agent meeting that someone might go to a talent and say something like that. So it's, they're, they're very smart and they're professional, Vince McMahon and his crew and his family, how they handle business. I'm not saying that. I'm not even implying that. But what I'm saying is when you... The flavor of the month, when you're the flavor of the month and it ends, and sometimes that flavor could last more than a month. It could last two years. It could last two months. It could last one month. But eventually, it'll start to die down for most people. Um, and when it does, you know. Um, you know just by things that happen backstage. You know you know just by the feel. And again, it's not, it's not a knock on anyone backstage. It's just... You know, the key in that company is everybody wants to be in any company, not just wrestling. Everybody wants to be and curry favor with the boss as much as we can, as much as you can. And look, you guys, no matter what you do for a living, I'm sure a lot of you have seen people you work with kiss your boss's ass. Maybe some of you kiss your boss's ass. (laughs) And you know what? If you're going to be an ass kisser, uh, you know, on the outside, it looks that sounds like it's a horrible type of person to be. I think there's a fine line between a smart business person and being political because we all live in political worlds and the work we do because politics are everywhere. Like as far as it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, the old expression, it's it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, yeah, there's a lot, there's some truth to that. So, you know, you want to be in good graces with your boss. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't have to be an ass kisser and you don't have to bury anyone, but you be respectful. And sometimes, you know, maybe you'll laugh at something stupid he or she says. It's, oh, that's not even really that funny, but I'll put you over. Okay. Does that make you an ass kisser? I don't think it makes you an ass kisser. And I've seen that around in WWE like forever. Oh, I've seen like ass kissing, like in production meetings, like just without naming names of some people that. Maybe still work there And some people that provide content I will just tell you (laughs) There's been a lot of ass kissing I've witnessed that And a lot of backstabbing But that's wrestling That's the business And um, you could tell right away I did right away When the push was starting to go away for me how how you're treated backstage And again, you're not treated negatively You're just, uh, you know uh, You're not really uh, You're not being embraced You're not being hugged You're not being, you know and People aren't just looking to hang out and talk to you You know, like that work for the company It's just, it's, you kind of like I, t- I told you guys, look uh, When I got done wrestling Kurt at the Garden I knew right away something was for Gazy Because it's the Royal Rumble I walked through the curtain in the gorilla position going backstage And now their gorilla position is a little bit different Than the way it is now They have like a, a they build like a room It's kind of a fancy damn room uh, you know, I, It wasn't like that It was just a curtain with like a table with some equipment there And when I walked through that curtain There was basically nobody back there In that area The holding area where you walk out to the ring At Master Square Garden It was like crickets And now I'm like wow And then when I walked in the locker room you know, some guys like, hey, man, you know, good job. Like, very, you know, just very in passing. Hey, you know, good man. You know, and a lot of guys were just like kind of avoiding me. You know, like, <laughs> I remember who they were, too. <laughs> All those guys. And I'm not, I don't tell you where the bodies are buried, unfortunately. So if you're looking for that type of podcast, I'm not your guy. There's plenty of other guys that tell you where the bodies are buried. I don't. Um, or they'll lie about where the bodies are buried. How about that? That's not my shtick. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it to me, it's a it's a it's an interesting topic. I just I, you know I wanted to just tell you guys some of that stuff and and get into it a little more. And uh, and I'm gonna go to break in a second. And then when we come back right from break, I'm gonna talk about a current star that maybe is getting deep pushed and some people are talking about. I want to get into that too. Uh, but but first and foremost, I want to tell you about a new company that is uh, that that's supporting the Taz Show. And so basically, uh, look, it's kind of an uncomfortable topic for men and women. You know, guys, uh, it happens a lot, you know, where you're having some hair health issues, right? Your hair. 
Okay, so Nutrafold is a new, safe, and effective strategy to control your hair health. It's 100%, guys, 100% drug-free. Okay, their tablets, uh, the packaging uh, for Nutrafol is unbelievable. I, I have it. I've been using it. It's phenomenal stuff. I have a bald spot. I shave my head, crop it tight, but I do have a bald spot in the back as I'm getting older. And it comes, you know, sometimes it's a genetic thing, as we know, but... What happens is, with Nutrafol, okay, that's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Nutrafol, 100% drug-free, it's recommended by over 850 top physicians and some of the top salons in, in the United States. So, uh, you know, for guys, listen, man, it, it's not just genetics uh, that have it out for your hair, you know, stress. DHT levels, diet, environmental toxins, all have been discovered to compromise your hair health. Okay, and whatever the causes are, uh, you're catching a reflection in the mirror of a little ball spot going on. You get like a little concerned, like yeah, I only can wear baseball caps so much, right? <laughs> so, so uh, maybe you tried some drugs on the market. Maybe, uh, maybe you're interested in something that's 100% drug free. Well, then you might want to jump on Nutrafol, okay? Because it's uh, it's it, the ingredients are. A straight natural, like I said, uh, improve hair without compromising your sexual health or any other kind. Uh, in fact, Nutrafol's key ingredient, salt palmetto, has known it's been around for years. I, I took salt palmetto because it used to be back in the day, like uh, known as guys that worked out a lot to help like boost your natural testosterone years ago, right? Salt palmetto also supports a healthier libido, huh? Sexy Jones. So you know how that goes, right? So jump on this, check it out. I got a special offer. Special offer, offer I should say, for listeners of the Taz Show and my podcast. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the code. I'm going to get right to it right now. First, go to n u t r a f o l dot com. Okay, and use the promo code Taz T A Z during checkout. Okay, so again, go to the website n u t r a f o l dot com. Okay, and uh, use T A Z Taz at checkout, and uh, you're going to get yourself a uh, awesome offer. Uh, I'll get into the offer in a second, and then we'll move on. Um, it's um, uh, basically, again, with Nutrafol, I just want to let you know, I've been using this now for about a month. It's helped me. I see different hair health. Believe it or not, even towards uh, my goatee, it sounds crazy. Not just on top of my head, but like my goatee, because I keep a beard and goatee. It's even uh, it's even like a fuller feel to it. So, okay. So anyway, so you go to, you go to Nutrafol.com, use my code, and you can get the first month supply with just subscription for just $10. And again, when you see the packaging, the quality, Quality of Nutrafol, it's awesome. N U T R A F O L dot com. Use T A Z at checkout. Uh, great brand, great product, and appreciate their love supporting us. Therefore, we support them. All right, come back from break. I'm going to get into more about the flavor of the month and uh, when the push ends. And we're going to talk about a current wrestler that, well, seems like the push might be ending for her. What's going on there? We'll talk about her. How about that? In a second. Tash Show, sit tight. All right, guys, we're back here on the Taz Show. Going to get into talking about a female that maybe is getting where, well, she's not the flavor of the month no more. And maybe the push has stopped for her. And we'll talk about is it right, is it wrong, is it accurate. We'll get into that in a second here. But first, support for the Taz Show, guys, come directly from my friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, they know the deal. They understand the home plays a big role in your life and family. And that's why they created Rocket Mortgage. And Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's convenient, it's simple, it's easy, it's paperless. It, it, it's so 2018. Hello, digital, man. D- get into this. Uh, the trusted partners of Rocket Mortgage allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at a touch of a button? Yeah, that's exactly right. And in addition, getting uh, a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time. And to make sure you're getting the right solution for you and or your family. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. To get started, guys, real simple. Go to rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's rocketmortgage.com slash TAS. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. 
NMLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. That's right, a little rocket mortgage action. Yeah, so uh, there you have it. So I was talking about the push ending and the flavor of the month and, and the first end of this show, as you guys heard. So, uh, and again, thanks, guys, for downloading the show. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's interesting because... I even saw something, um, uh, Mike Johnson, I remember what this was, he, uh, you know, from PW Insider, you know, been part of the Taz show forever, he's a good friend of mine, Mike, I love Mike and everything that PW Insider does, you know, he, he, he has a great website and Twitter and PW Insider, so if you're new to this show and you don't know about Mike, go check out PW Insider, he's the man, uh, him, Dave Shearer, all those guys, but Mike had something out there. About Sasha Banks, like kind of, uh, she's kind of not being pushed anymore, and things maybe are changing for her, and and you know, um, um, the thing is, like, is it something that uh, she did wrong? Is it is she rude to fans? Is she this and that? And I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, and 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 I've heard some different stuff, but you know, is Sasha kind of a heel towards fans type thing? You know. First of all, uh, from what she's saying, from what I understand, it's like, no, she's not. But if she's, uh, you know, let's say she's going to dinner or she has some private time or she's at the movie or going to movies or something like that and, and who, what, what her significant other or a family member or something, and, she, and then someone goes up and bothers her, like, I, I think she could be a little bit, like, from what I understand, like, you know, a little bit of a heel I don't blame her. I was the exact same way. <laughs> so I, I do believe just because you're a public figure doesn't mean that fans and anybody should have full access to you no matter what and disrespect somebody you're with in public. You know what I mean? I just, I'm, I'm, I've talked about that a lot in the past. I just think you guys have just, as wrestling fans or sports fans or fans of music or what have you, you see somebody of celebrity and you want to take their picture or get their autograph, I'm going to give you some advice, okay? I know this is not the topic, but just just sidebar for a minute. Don't just take a picture or video with your phone of someone uh, unless you let them know, because that's really could piss somebody off. That's not nice, and that's rude. Okay, and it's invasion of privacy. So ask them, and uh, and if they're with someone at dinner or uh, at a movie or something like that, and they have they're with uh, their significant other, and it looks like they're with a guy or a girl that you know is maybe their husband, wife, fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, what have you, you're gonna have to do the job, fans. And leave them alone. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Pick your spots. Be smart. Be respectful. I've been lucky that the bulk of fans in my career that have approached me have always been super cool. Always. I've had some incidents where some of my heels, meaning that they're disrespectful, then I become a really mean heel. Maybe Sasha's that way. And if she is, I say kudos to that girl. Okay. But the. That could lead to hurting someone's push because if WWE hears that, they want the talent to be very fan-friendly. WWE is very well aware that the fans pay the bills. They know that, but the talent has their life too. They have their own lives. They're not just they're not they're not machines where you, they're always on twenty-four-seven. But I don't think that's the case with Sasha as far as if she's getting deep pushed or not. Um, I don't think it's anything the way Sasha looks. She looks awesome. Her promos are awesome. Her work is awesome. She's a multi-time Raw, uh, Raw Women's Champion. Uh, she's been pushed super high. She's main evented shows as a female. She's broken ground for women's wrestling. She's done amazing stuff. Um, uh, she's got fans worldwide with good reason. She's a massive star. I've met her once. She seemed like a sweetheart to me. Um, and I'm a huge fan of this girl. Okay, So she's getting deep pushed. It could just be as simple as... Uh, there's too many appetizers on the menu, and it gets to the point where you know they, they, they you get moved off the menu for a little while. That's just how it happens. You know, sometimes you know some restaurants you go to, you know, they could have a menu. I, I love when I go to a place and there's a menu, and there's like on the appetizer list. Like I'm confused enough because I'm bad with making choices when I go to a restaurant. So no matter if it's a fancy Dan restaurant or not, if there's a menu involved. I want it to be simple. I don't want. 15 friggin' different appetizers options because now I'm, I'm screwed. I don't even know what I'm getting as an entree. Now I got to deal with the, uh, with the friggin' appetizers. So give me five, five options on appetizers, good options. And then I'm moving on to the entree. But see, in wrestling, I think there's too many appetizers on the menu, men and women. There's just too much talent, meaning in WWE, they have, they have become so big. And for people that I'm close to, that work for WWE, 
tell me behind the scenes in production, uh, on the road, at the main tower. It's just, it, I, again, another topic. It's not even about the, the getting pushed or not. But it, it, it's the company has become so massive that it doesn't have that um, mom and pop shop feel that it had. Dude, when I was there working full time, you know, they were a publicly traded company when I signed. They, that's how big they were. You guys know, man, right towards the cusp of the end of the right the uh, tail of that attitude era, business was booming. We were all making a lot of money. The houses were freaking packed. Business was awesome. But yet, for all my time, just about a decade working for Vince McMahon, I could tell you it felt like a mom and pop shop. Always accessible was Vince. Always accessible was was Stephanie. Always accessible were all the writers. Always accessible was Kevin Dunn, the head of production. These people were always accessible when I was a wrestler and when I was an announcer. And when I was a wrestler, I wasn't the top guy. I wasn't a world champ. But they were Vince was always accessible. I'm not saying he's not anymore. But from what I understand, things have changed and they're just so big. That's not a knock. That's kudos to Vince and to his family what they've done with the company. So. The thing is, when it gets too big sometimes, okay, you have so much talent, you have so much programming, you have so much you got to pump out, you have this network now where you have subscribers, well over a million subscribers, uh, and you have to provide tons of content to USA on TV, on Raw for three hours, on SmackDown for two hours, on NXT for an hour. You know, you got all these pay-per-views. Then you got the WWE Network, which you got to have original programming. You got all this different stuff. You got to, you know, this, and you have roster after roster talent. Now you're trying to get talent all over the world. You're growing your championships. There's too many appetizers on the menu, and it's not going to change. And it's not going to change. At the end of the day, it's good for the business. It's good for wrestling. But... Someone like a Sasha Banks can get lost in the shuffle. She can. And she's not the only one. I mean, there's so many talent. And it's, that's not me saying anything negative about Sasha's abilities. It has nothing to do with her abilities. It just has to do that she's been there for several years now on the main roster. And it's like they're, they're you know, all right, how do we, how do we get over, how do we get over, uh, you know, um, how do we set the table, the story arc for when uh, uh, Baszler comes in? She's the NXT Women's Champ, but what are we going to do when she comes up? You know, she's going to come up eventually. What are we going to do? we got to make room for her. All right, Asuka, we just had her undefeated streak ended. She's still a newer feel. What are we going to do with Asuka? we gotta, we got to make sure we keep her next level because we took that, that undefeated streak now and we killed it. You know, we got Peyton Royce now and, B- and Billy Kay. Well, they're, oh, man, she's on, they're both on the main roster. What do we do now? Okay, we got to figure that out. Oh, Ember Moon, oh, my God. Yeah, we got to get this girl over. She's young. She's newer. we got to make it feel right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We do have to do that. Yeah, you're right, uh, because Ember Moon, she's got a gigantic upside. There's no doubt about uh, no doubt about it. What are we going to do with her? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. That's true. See what I'm saying, guys? See what I'm saying? And I'm just I'm just scratching the surface here with talent. I'm just scratching the surface. <laughs> you know, it's, oh, uh, what, what, what about Liv Morgan? What about Mandy Rose? What about them? You know, oh, we got to, yeah, that's right. Oh, Sonya Deville. Oh, yeah, we got to make sure we take care of her because we just had, uh, we just had Ronda Rousey do something with her and hurt that MMA gimmick. So we got to make sure we build up Sonya Deville to keep her credible because we did the wrong thing with her there. Oh, did someone say Ronda Rousey? Oh, that's right. We got to push her to the moon because she's the biggest star we've had in ages signed as a free agent in the company. No knocking any of these wrestlers. I'm making a point, and I think you guys are all sharp enough to see my point. Sasha Banks gets lost in the shuffle. And not just Sasha. And it's just levels and levels, next levels and levels and more levels and levels because there's so much talent because they're so freaking big, um, you know, that they, they have. Uh, and I'm, I've left out different girls. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, point is, it's tough. It's tough when you have this much talent and now people are not the flavor of the month anymore. You know, because it's a new month and there's new talent. And that's why it's important for wrestlers, men and women, WWE superstars, when you work there, the next talent they bring in, you got to realize is your replacement, is the one that's going to get that main event payday, and you're not. I'm not trying to be negative, guys. I'm just being real. It's an ultra, ultra competitive environment. And it's a passive-aggressive environment. And that's what people don't talk about and people don't understand. It's just like college sports. 
when you're a freshman coming in, you're the hot thing on a sports team. Okay, especially, you know, whatever, D1, D2, D3. And, and then you could do great. And then when you're a sophomore, well, who's the next freshman coming in? Uh, when you're a junior, well, we, well we, we've seen him have some pluses and negatives on the field of play. Let's, let's try this new freshman out. Let's see what he can do. Because the defensive coordinators or the offensive coordinators don't know how to prep for this guy. And the freshmen get the love. Well, guess what? For those freshmen getting the love, that's awesome. But then there's more freshmen coming in next year. You're not the freshman no more, right? So, so Sasha Banks is not a freshman anymore. See, so, like, it happened to me, just to backtrack. I came in, I was the freshman in WWE, even though I was a veteran, but you get my point just for using for sports terms. And I did that German suplex, the timing was off was Kurt, and then the following week, not one, not two, not three, but four guys debuted from WCW called the Radicals. I wasn't the flavor of the month no more. I was the flavor of the freaking week. That's how quick it changes, guys. And it sucks. And when it happens, you know it. Don't let anybody tell you they don't know when this is happening. No one comes up to you and tells you. Shane McMahon or Stephanie, they're not coming up to you and telling you. Writers, if you're tight with a writer, he may buzz you or she may buzz you. Eh, something's not kosher. Or maybe an agent. You don't need anyone to tell you. If you've been around the block... You know the deal, okay? And girls like Sasha, girls like Bailey, they've been around the block in the business. They understand, okay? So I'm giving you a lot of in-depth stuff. I gave you a lot of in-depth stuff here. In-depth, I should say, stuff. So, you know, it's it's that's why it's a credit, just real quick before I move on here, and just, you know, it's a credit to, let's say, um, uh, The Miz, okay? A guy like The Miz, who he's kept himself... Very relevant, very hot as a talent for a long time. And WWE deserves a lot of credit how they handle him. So they give him the mic and let him talk. And they give him a lot of time to talk and get over. He's a guy who did not come, you know, from WCW or ECW. He came from the reality TV world. And this guy is still not just relevant, but a big star. You know, and 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 he understood and understands the competitiveness of the business and he kept reinventing himself he kept reinventing himself and sometimes you're allowed to reinvent yourself which he was and sometimes you're not allowed and that's when it really sucks because you feel the tides are changing against you and now you want to revamp re- like i did changing my look and all that stuff and you get a little support from the machine called wwe and sometimes you get awesome support like Miz. Sometimes you don't like Taz. That's when there's only so much you can do. You know, and, and, and it's just that's, that's what happens when, when you're the flavor of the, when you become the flavor of the month. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that, 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 that push stops. And it's an eye opener. And it sucks. And it really affects your confidence at times. You start second guessing yourself. Um, it's difficult. You know, you see these men and women on TV uh, as major stars on Raw, on SmackDown, you know, on pay-per-views. You know, all the glitz and glamour of the entrance, the money they make. They stay in fancy hotels every day. They got a great life. I wish I had your life. You're in a hotel. You're on a plane every day. Oh, my God. It's so cool to fly all the time. I never get to fly. I work a regular job. I've never been on a plane. This guy gets to fly around all over the country. That girl gets to stay in hotels everywhere. These guys are on TV. It's great. You get to sign autographs. That's awesome. Guys. All that, <laughs> all that sexiness of that stuff, unfortunately, ends quick. Meaning, it, it feels good when that first happens, and then reality sets in. It's a job. You're away from your loved ones all the time, um, and fans. I hate to say it, a lot of times you're just loved when you're the flavor of the month, and when you're not the flavor of the month no more, you know. It's not like no one cares about you, but your star dwindles down a little bit, and it could be depressing. And that's why, I, unfortunately, another topic here, but um, unfortunately and sadly, you know, many people from the industry uh, over the years in my prime, in my uh, uh, generation, I should say, you know, got hooked on on different drugs and pain medication, and some of them have overdosed, and, and they're gone, and it's sad. And some very talented and awesome people are no longer with us. Um, that I came up with, you know, and because it, 
depression can hit you in this business. It, it, it can hit you. It can hit you heavy. Hey, listen, I, uh, was it all rainbows and butterflies for me when, when I knew? Okay, I didn't look the radicals. I knew all three of those guys for years. Obviously, I wrestled them. I knew them before they were called radicals, before they were a unit, you know, from, from, from Chris to, to Eddie and, and Perry and Dean. I, I knew these guys, like that for, I considered them all friends. They couldn't tell me they were coming in. It's, it's a confidentiality. You can't share that. I was never pissed at any of them for that, number one. Number two, the timing of it sucked because I didn't get a chance to, to be the flavor of the month. I was the flavor of the week. How do you think that made me feel? How do you think that made me feel? I felt like crap. <laughs> I felt like crap. But publicly, I couldn't do nothing or say nothing. I, and in the locker room, I had to keep a positive, happy face on. and just keep training and try to eat good and try to get bigger and stronger and, and, and just do better in the ring. And, just, and, and here I am coming in as a former you know, multi-time ECW champion and, and had a, a big push in the hottest company going at that time, the cult company called ECW. And here I am trying to reinvent myself and figure out, oh God, what am I going to do? Uh, uh, you know, I don't want the push to stop. I just got here. And now they bring these four guys in from WCW, you know, which had obviously was a bigger star power coming from WCW than ECW because more people knew it. You think that was easy for me? You think I didn't realize that the push could have been stopping rapidly there? It sucked, guys. It was horrible. 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 It hurt. It hurt. And, 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 and I've moved on, but it was tough. It, but I looked at it like, you know, it's adversity. It builds character. I'm not the type of guy that I'm going to, you know, go and uh, pound down a bunch of, you know, drinks and sit in a bar and take a bunch of pills because I'm depressed. I'm not knocking anyone who does that. I'm not passing judgment. That's not me. Instead, I got kind of very just standoffish. I kind of, that's kind of how I was then. I just, I was nice to people in the company, but I just, I, I kind of needed my own alone time because I knew things weren't right. And I was de- depressed over it. I, I was, and was I in a depression? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, but I was definitely depressed over it and, and would always talk to my wife about it. And, and some people I was closer to friends, uh, saying, I, I can't believe this. This, this is like, I, I got to figure this out. I can't let this, you know, I know I got a good contract, and I know I, you know that I think they like me personally, and they know I'm a hard worker, and I, I make all the towns, and I'm not going to get, you know, uh, beat up a guy in a bar because I'm drunk. That's not I'm not going to go steal a rent a car, you know. Like, you know, I I know they know that about me, so I'm I'm of good character, but still, I I came here to be a star, like a big star. I came here to make a lot of money for the company and for me. And then I knew within a couple of weeks that I really wasn't going to get the opportunity. You know, it just, that's the thing I'm going to say before I wrap this up. <clears throat> you know, WWE has always threw around the word opportunity. Okay, you're going to get opportunity to everybody, still do it. And it's true, they're not lying. Some people get more opportunities than others. Some people get a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a sixth chance. I didn't get those chances. I got an opportunity to change my career, which I am forever grateful to become an announcer, thanks to Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon, obviously, for opening me up to that and, and, and giving me that chance. Yes. And there I got more chances uh, than I did as a wrestler because I made a lot of mistakes when I was an announcer when I first started. But as a wrestler, I don't feel I got a ton of chances. I don't feel I got a ton of opportunities for them. And I'm not bitter about it. I'm not bitter. I wouldn't have stayed there for freaking you know, almost 10 years if I was bitter. Uh, No, but I I know other guys that did, and that goes back to what I said earlier in this podcast. If Vince McMahon's gut and his instincts for him, if he feels like this guy or girl, I have to give multiple opportunities to if they screw up in the ring or with the people because I really believe in this guy or girl. That wasn't me. You know, that wasn't me. I didn't get all those opportunities. You know, I got a couple, and I'm grateful for that. Listen, man, I understand how booking works and how promoters are. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Paul Heyman thought that he could hitch a wagon to a five foot nine, 250-pound guy who can't sell worth the crap but can bump and has a pretty pretty fierce offense 
and could cut a promo and talk people into the building. I can make money with this guy. I believe in this guy. And Paul Heyman used whatever resources he had to get that character over. <clears throat> sip of water, hang on. Apologize, I have a different microphone. I can't mute the mic, so sorry for the swallowing sound uh, of water. But anyway, just deal with it. It's free. What do you want me to tell you? Um, so Paul Heyman, um, you know, he, he, whatever resources he had, he utilized that to push the Taz character. He believed in the character. He believed in me as a person and as a competitor and as a professional. When I went to WWE, uh, Vince believed in me, but it wasn't, it wasn't nowhere near the beauty that Paul had in his eye for my talents as opposed to what Vince saw in me. And that's okay. Beauties in the eye of the beholder. You and I could go look at to go buy a brand new truck. You might think Fords are the greatest thing in the world. I might think Chevys are. And we could argue all day about it. You might love a black truck. I might love a red truck. And beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It's really that simple. And whoever the booker is, it's just coaching is the same way. Coaches in the NFL, basically baseball, hockey, college coaches. Some guys might think a guy or girl is that great of a player. And, and, and when they make mistakes, they keep giving that player opportunities. Some guys will give a player an opportunity, and when they screw the opportunity up, they bench them. And they don't get another opportunity. It, it's beauty in the eye of the beholder. It, it really is. It's, and that's how booking goes. And WWE is the exact same way. So when the push stops, you kind of get an idea. When the flavor of the month ends, you kind of have a feel. Your instincts kick in, and it sucks. There ain't no two ways about it. You try to change it. You try to fix it. You try to pitch different ideas. You try to reinvent yourself. But it doesn't always work, guys. I'm telling you from experience. And it's a tough thing. No matter what, at the end of the day, Sasha Banks, she's a huge star. And she should be. She's a great talent. She's great on the mic. She looks awesome. And she works her butt off. And she's awesome at it. And um, I'm not saying WWE's getting rid of her anytime soon. I'm sure she's going to be there till as long as she wants. Um, but there are other talents come in. You're not the flavor anymore. And that's just the way it goes. It's unfortunate. So, uh... Anyway, I, 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 and I'm one of these guys that wishes nothing but the best for all the current talents in WWE, the younger wrestlers, you know, uh, really. And I know the company's much bigger than it was when I was there, but I'm sure it's a lot deal dealing with the, tougher dealing with the politics because there's more layers now, which doesn't sound fun, i got to be honest. Because <laughs> it is a political business behind the scenes, guys, and that, that's a fact. Don't, I don't want to tell you it's not, because they're BSing if they are. Guys, look, I appreciate you listening to me talk for a little while in this podcast. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I'm Taz, you're not. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Adios. When I was only worried about my top friends Now my circle is getting smaller All these people acting fake, man And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten Me against the world I've been doing what I really love Haters been hiding behind the screen Man, they movie cuts And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same Cause we've been doing our own thing Trying to stay